On this week's show, we're gonna continue our summertime series, Performance Equals Profit, part nine. On today's show, your CSRs are gonna learn how to stay focused on the customer, and your selling techs and salespeople are gonna learn how to destroy the three-bit objection, part two. Welcome to Cracking the Code, the show that helps you overcome the challenges you face every day in contracting and keeps you on the cutting edge of emerging trends and best practices. Before we dive into today's content, I want to reach out and chat real quick with all the non-EGI members. If you like the content and you want a free trial, click the Join button at the top right, then select the Plus Membership. We'll give you access to the full courses so you can start to take your business to the next level. You know, last week we talked about the importance of a lead and how important it is for your CSRs to understand that value. Well, if we want them to really appreciate and value each lead, we have to appreciate and value them and the time it takes to properly set a lead. So in today's training, I want to talk about the importance of giving your lead coordinators the opportunity and space and time to set the lead properly. In other words, you don't want to start rushing those guys. So in this video, you're going to check out a few things. Number one, I'm going to introduce you to Diane. She was our CSR at our company. She was a great lead coordinator and a wonderful asset to the company. Number two, we're going to talk about the importance of having one person designated to handle the lead coordination process and not just have everybody and their brother setting leads. And finally, we're going to talk about getting as much information with respect to contact information and information about that homeowner as you possibly can. The lead coordination process is really, really important. That lead coordination process, when that lead comes into your company, there really uh, are a few simple things that we need to do to make sure we qualify that lead uh, set that lead properly, uh, verify that lead properly, and give our sales staff and our selling technicians the best opportunity to convert that lead into a sales uh, opportunity into sales revenue. So when that call comes in, the first thing that I like to do, it's really important to have one or maybe two people designated who are setting your leads. The people who are the best at talking to customers, the people who are the best at building relationship with customers. In other words, when a sales lead come in, we don't want to just whoever happens to grab it, grab it. You want to have one person designated who really has the skill set, and we'll talk about the skill set here in a moment, but you want to have one person that has the skill set to set that lead, to build that relationship with the homeowner. I can tell you in my company, uh, we had one young lady, Diane, and she was just the most amazing lead coordinator because she was so wonderful at building a relationship and uh, building, uh, you know, kind of confidence in our company before we ever actually even set the lead. And one of the things that we would do is that when Diane was setting a lead, we had a little flag on her desk. I don't know if you remember back in the old days, they used to have these Mexican restaurants, I forget what they were called, but you could raise the flag, and every time you raised the flag on your table, they would bring you more, more food, right? It was some big buffet deal. Well, we had a flag like that, and any time that uh, Diane got on a lead, got on a call with a, a lead opportunity, she would raise that flag. And when she raised that flag, everybody in our office knew to leave her the hell alone. Don't go to your lead coordinator while they're trying to set a lead and trying to rush him up, you know. Hurry up, hurry up, we got another one, right? You have to have other people because sometimes you'll be working one lead, then another one comes in. And that's when it's really good to have a second person who's really trained at setting leads. Uh, I'll talk to you about what happens if you got too many leads coming in at one time here in a moment. But when that lead coordinator gets that lead, rule number one is get the hell out of their way. Don't rush them. Don't try to have them do another things. 
Uh, let them focus on building the relationship and qualifying that lead. The results that you'll get from that is way more success at the kitchen table when your sales guys go in there. Because we've all had the experience when there's such a great relationship with our lead coordinator and our homeowner that when we walk in the house, I mean, half the time it's already sold. I mean, it's like, uh, wow, that girl in the office was really great. You know, they already have such a great impression of our company. So make sure, number one, that you have enough time. When that person gets that lead, they have the time to set the lead the way that I'm going to show you. I want to talk to you real quick before we go any further, though, about what happens when you get another call come in. Maybe you drop a big direct mail piece, and we knew pretty much exactly when our direct mail pieces were hitting, and we knew which days we were going to get inundated with sales opportunities. You know, We knew that when we dropped on a Tuesday, those were going to hit on Wednesday and Thursday, and we were probably going to set 20 new sales leads off of that, and they were all going to come into the afternoons when people started checking their mail, right? So we would have other people who were qualified to at least take the call, and then we would tell them they would take that call, and the homeowner would say, hey, I got this offer in the mail about you know, a $500 discount. Then if it wasn't the lead coordinator who took the call, we would have another person that was qualified. If they couldn't get to it, we would at least have people like CSRs or someone in the office who could say, wow, that's a fantastic program. It's, a, it's an amazing offer my company is, is making. Uh, the lady that handles that is actually on another call right now. Uh, uh, you, can you hold just a few minutes? Or can I get your uh, phone number and we'll call you right back? In most cases, they're going to say, yeah, have them call me right back. When they do that, you have to make sure, okay, where are you going to be in 10 minutes from now? Because they might say, call me back and give you the home number, and then they go to the grocery store. They forget. So Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, uh, she'll call you back within 10 or 15 minutes. Where are you going to be in that 10 or 15 minutes? Okay, give me your home number. Do you have a cell number? Give me that number too. You're going to be with your kids? What's their cell Get every phone number that you can get that that person might possibly be connected to in the next 10 or 15 minutes. Work number, home number, cell number, email, everything that you can. Because what we want to do is to make sure when the lead coordinator calls that person back that they're going to have that access to them, that they're going to be able to reach them, and they may need one or two, three, uh, three four phone numbers to make sure they can reach them. Now, once you understand the importance of a lead, you give your CSRs you know, time to set that lead. I want to get into the actual process. Step one is building a relationship between the lead coordinator and the homeowner. This is the first introduction the homeowner has with our company. We want to make sure we get off on the right foot and build a good relationship. So now let's suppose we have the lead coordinator has the prospect on the phone. The very first thing that we are trying to accomplish on the lead coordination call is to begin the process of building the relationship. In other words, we don't want the call just to be about the equipment, the air conditioners going out, furnaces going out. We want to build a relationship. And the way you build a relationship on a lead coordination call is the same way you build a relationship in any conversation. You ask questions. Ask lots of questions. In many cases, ask questions that have nothing to do with the heating and air conditioning. For example, if the lead coordinator is on the call and you hear a baby crying in the background, Ask the name of the baby. What's the baby's name? Oh, how old is he? Oh, what's he doing? Blah, blah, and, and And make notes of all of that on your lead sheet, right? You'll get the name of the baby. You might find out things like the baby's been sick. You might find out that, uh, uh, you know, all kind of things. You know, the baby's six months old. His name's Bob. He's been sick, you know? So you got all that information that you're writing down. If you hear a, a dog barking, oh, what's the puppy's name? What kind of dog is he? You know, you find out what's going on with that dog. If you find out, you know, the, that the husband is deployed in Afghanistan. Wow, tell me about that. You must be so very proud of your husband. What's your husband's name? You know, all this different stuff. 
Ask every question you can. If you hear other people talking in the house, oh, do you live there alone? Oh, what's your mother-in-law's name? What's he, you know, what's, you know, see, as much information as you can and begin the process of building the relationship. Oftentimes, you are talking to someone who lives in a zip code that you've probably done work for. So, you know, you should in your, in, in your uh, CRM be able to pull up your customers by zip code and say, hey, do you happen to know Mrs. Jones over on Elm Street? Do you happen to know uh, Mr. Mr. Smith over on, on, on First Street? And many times you'll find people they know if you mention two or three names. If you don't, it doesn't hurt anything. What it does do is show that you're doing a lot of work in that neighborhood. It's a big time uh, factor of social validation, like, wow, we're doing work all over your neighborhood. So take the time, and this is why we can't rush our lead coordinators, because our first job is to have them to build a relationship with the homeowner, taking their time to ask those questions. Once we kind of get that relationship going and get that information, then we want to kind of, you know, segue into the conversation about lead coordination. By the way, if you're not an EGI member, click the join button at the top right hand part of this page and you'll get a free 30 day membership and examine all the courses. You know, last week I talked about the summertime busyness and how often homeowners, you know, they're pretty busy too. They're pretty busy getting three bids. And we talked about the first step in terms of getting over the three bid objection. This week, I wanna share part two of that series with you and show just how easy it is to overcome three bids if we're strategic and proactive in our sales process. In this next little section, I'm going to really talk about why it's so hard to, to buy a service because you don't know how the service is gonna be fulfilled and performed until after you pay for it. That's why the homeowner needs this protection. Take a quick look. Think about this, when you're buying a service like a heating and air conditioning system, when are you gonna know whether or not that service is performed properly and correctly, before the installation or after? Well, I guess it's gonna be after, yeah. once, we, once we figure out if it works like it's supposed to. Right, and that's the real problem. You can have two bids, five bids, whatever people come in, they can tell you anything. Now, in that quick conversation, I should have my homeowners having, you know, a little different perspective. They've never really thought about the fact that you can't get uh, a test drive on a heating and air conditioning system, right? They think they can, you know, uh, figure out who to go with just by talking to three contractors. The truth is, they'll never know exactly, you know, how the system's going to perform until after the fact. They start seeing like, wow, you know, that's why three bids doesn't protect us because people can tell us anything, right? That's why your company is what they need. And that's why your signature story is so important because you're proving to them how your company will conduct itself if there's a problem after the installation. Other companies will not serve them that way. Uh, in this next little bit, I'm just going to make a quick analogy to kind of illustrate how the times have changed. I'm going to make the, uh, the reference to, hey, when your dad was, was, was getting three bids, your grandfather, whatever, uh, you know, they could get three sets of the truth. That's probably not true anymore. These days, people will say anything to get their hands on your money. And this really sets up the final question I'm going to ask on this page, which is really going to put the three-bid myth in perspective. Take a quick look. You know, when, when, when your dad uh, was out shopping for HVAC systems and my dad uh, back in the day, as it were, it was a lot different back then. They could have two or three contractors into their home for windows, HVAC, or whatever, and odds are they'd get two or three sets of the truth. Do you think that's true anymore? I mean, you, you just can't do business like that right. these days. Yeah. Sadly, uh, people will come in and tell you anything anything they have to to get their hands on your money. And that's just the reality of, of the day and age in which we live. That's why we offer this guarantee. Because at the end of the day, no matter who you talk to, you're going to have to do a gut check. And you're not going to know for sure whether or not they do a good job until after the installation. So at this point, I really should 
uh, have accomplished my, uh, my main objective, which is to illustrate the whole three-bid myth that it doesn't protect the homeowner. What will protect the homeowner is my company. I've given the proof of how we treat people, our guarantees, our service, the signature story about Sarah Parker. I've illustrated the fact that people get three bids all the time and still get ripped off. I've illustrated why that's the case, and it's because you don't know how a service is going to perform until after it's installed. Everything I've done has been designed to set up the following question, which is what I call, you know, kind of power question. One of the power questions. And it's getting my prospect, my homeowner, to publicly declare, to make the public affirmation that three bids is not what they need. What they need is my company. Now, when I ask this question, when I role play this question, you may have different kind of ways you want to ask it, but there's a couple of words that are really, really important, especially the word at the very end, as you'll see, the word prefer. I'm going to ask my homeowner, if you had three or five companies on this hand who would say anything to get their hands on your money, or you had my company over here, one company who would treat you the way we treated Sarah Parker, which of those companies would you prefer? Now, if you use the word, which company would you buy from, you're going to kind of startle your homeowner because this is a conversation you're having very early, very early on in the process, right? It's not time to start asking for the business yet. You're just asking a very objective question, which would you prefer? Obviously, they're going to say they prefer your company who took care of Sarah Parker. This is so important, right? If you have the time to read any of Robert Cialdini's books on persuasion and influence, it talks about the consistency principle. Public declarations dictate future actions. If people tell you they prefer your company over three bids, then they become more likely to choose your company over getting three bids. We tend to take actions consistent with our words. Now, will this work 10 out of 10 times? Of course not, but you got to think about it. If you're getting four out of 10 right now, that means you're losing six out of 10. This will work once or twice in the six you're losing, and that's a total game changer. So watch this quick role play in where I'm asking the last question, the power question, and getting my homeowners to acknowledge they prefer my company over three bids. So let me ask you this question. Suppose you had to make a decision right now. If you had to choose between, you know, two bids, three bids, five bids from five different companies that would come in and, and tell you anything to get their hands on your money. Or over here you had one company, one company that would treat you the way we treated Sarah Parker. If you had to choose between those two options, which would you prefer? I think I, I like the company that took care okay. of Sarah Parker. The one that you can trust and, sure. and know that no matter what happens, they, they have your back and that they're going to stand behind what they believe is right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Now, folks, I'm telling you, when you can get your homeowners to make a public declaration that they prefer your company over three bids, that's a game changer in the sales process. Keep in mind, all your homeowners are thinking three bids, three bids, three bids. The reality is they've never honestly taken a look at the three bid issue. And that's why I say it's a three bid myth. Three bids doesn't protect your homeowner. But it's our responsibility to communicate and teach and educate the homeowner why three bids doesn't protect them. If you ignore the three bids issue, guess what's going to happen? They're going to get three bids. Because if the last conversation they have about three bids is the conversation they're having before you get there, that conversation is, hey, we're getting three bids. Public declarations dictate future actions. They're going to get three bids. That's why it's so important for you to address the issue because you know what they're thinking. And you have to get them to confront the issue and acknowledge they prefer your company over three bids. This is going to completely minimize the three bid resistance. Does this mean that no one ever gets three bids again? Of course not. But it does mean that one or two out of the six deals you're losing will consider buying from you rather than wasting more time getting three bids. Now, here's the most powerful part of this. When you get to your closing at the end, remember this conversation happens early on at the very beginning. Imagine we fast forward to an hour later and the homeowner you, you ask for the order, Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, will you trust me with this project? 
and they say, yeah, we trust you, but we got a couple of guys coming tomorrow. I can refer them back to that same conversation. I can say, Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, earlier you mentioned you preferred my company over multiple bids. Has anything changed? And when you remind them of what they said earlier, well, they're going to feel what's called cognitive dissonance because they're going to say, that's true. We did say that, now we're saying this, right? They kind of did a 180 on you. And so what happens in that situation, oftentimes they'll start stammering and say, well, you know, we didn't, nothing changed, but it's just a lot of money and blah, 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 blah. Just let them get that nervous energy off their chest. And then when they're done speaking, just ask for the order again. I understand, Mr. Homeowner, but with your permission, can we start the paperwork, right? So I want you to watch this quick video, which is me just role-playing. Remember, we're now an hour later, an hour and a half later after the initial conversation, because now I'm at the actual close, and I'm going to start this little video with me asking for the order. They're going to give me the three-bit objection, and I'm going to remind them right there about the conversation we had previously and ask for the order again. Take a quick look. So the only question I have left for you both is very simple. Will you trust me with the project? Yeah, I think we trust yeah. you. Yeah, I think we trust you, Wally. Uh, you know, I mentioned earlier we've already seen a couple of guys, but one just really just dropped off a, a price and one was by phone. Um, we've got two guys scheduled this weekend, so why don't you just let us take a, a, a few minutes to meet with those guys this weekend, and uh, then we'll give you a call on Tuesday and, and get this thing put together. Okay, awesome, awesome. Uh, the first thing I want to share with you is that if you decided you didn't want to see those other companies, if you were very comfortable with my company, uh, that I would be more than happy to call those guys for you and to cancel those appointments, right? They love me over there, trust me, <laughs> right? Because I don't want to put you in an awkward situation. If you don't really feel like you need to see them, but you don't want the awkward of having to cancel, I'm, I'm happy to take care of that. But here's the other thing. Earlier we were talking about Sarah Parker and Rick Ryder, and we talked about how we refunded their money. and and really kind of, uh, you know, stood up and, and took care of our homeowners the way that really a company should. Uh, I had uh, asked you if, if you had to choose between, you know, you know, five companies, five bids, and who knows what they're going to say, or that one company that would treat you the way we treated Sarah Parker, that you would want the company that would, you know, treat you like Sarah Parker. Do you think that's changed over the time that we've been together? No, I... I don't think that's changed for either of us. I, I think we do want the, the company, you know, that would take care of Sarah Parker. Well, awesome. With your permission, uh, I'd like to call those other companies, and I can cancel those appointments, and we'll just get the paperwork done right now. What do you think? I, I do love the company, and this is the system I want. All right. Do you want to do it? Let's do it. Awesome. Folks, I know this may seem really simple, but this is so powerful. There's a reason I went from zero to $20 million in five years in this industry. And it's because I learned to confront the objections that homeowners are going to have and deal with them proactively. This is just one example. You know, in our core program at the Contractor University, you'll also learn how to overcome price proactively. How do you deal with, I want to think about it proactively. All the objections that you face on a regular, ongoing basis you're going to get the training to deal with them before the homeowner ever brings them up. What's going to happen is that three bids and I want to think about it and, you know, price objections, it's all going to be dealt with early on in the presentation and you're going to have a far better chance to close the deal. Well, folks, that's our show for this week. Keep in mind your CSR has got to be left alone, have time to do their job, and they got to start building that relationship. And as always, our sales advisors got to be sure they're confronting three bids head on. We'll see you next week. Until then, bye-bye for now.